It's all about him, right? Amen.
Worthy of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever Of a better way 
to start your week than worshiping God and being in community with one another. Thank you for being here. If this is your first time, I want to um, extend a special welcome to you. We're so glad that you're joining us. And there are a few ways that you can get connected with us here at Anastasia. Um, the first is you can text the number 904-441-6900 and text the word CONNECT. That will pull up our digital connect card, our bulletin, and um, any resources you may need for our church. You can also stop by our welcome desk, and we have a gift just for you. So please stop by, say hello, let us know that you are here visiting with us today. A few announcements that I have for us. It may be summer, but we have so much going on and so many ways for you to get connected. And this Wednesday, ladies, we are having a great event, Kick Off Your Shoes. And it's going to be a wonderful time of fellowship. And going along with that theme, we're also asking for any gently used shoe donations that will go in support of our community partners, um, Betty Griffin and the St. Gerard House. So if you ladies don't have anywhere else to be this Wednesday, let me encourage you to be a part of this evening um, event and bring your gently used shoes. And men, don't think that we forgot about you. Bible studies kicked off this past week. There are multiple times throughout the week that you can get connected and be a part of community. So men, if you would like more information, the um, books are out in the atrium as well as how to sign up for those classes. Our youth um, are doing so many exciting things. Please check out ASN Calendar to see everywhere they will be. I heard they're going to a jumbo shrimp game. So if hot dogs and baseball sounds like a perfect summer day, um, be a part of that as well. And we will also be celebrating this afternoon at 1 p.m. at 9th Street, Beach Baptisms. I love that our church is so close to the beach, for one, and that we get to celebrate believers at the ocean. There's not many places that can say that. So I want to encourage you, if you've never been a part of a beach baptism at Anastasia Church, 1 p.m. 9th Street, um, come celebrate believers who are making their faith public. And if you have not yet taken that step of believer's baptism, there will be an opportunity at the end of the message today to come and talk to one of our decision counselors. They would love to get you connected and we would love to have you join us at the beach this afternoon. And as we kind of transition next into a time of giving, I want to highlight a few of the ways that you can partner with us financially at Anastasia Church. We have offering boxes located around the building. You can also use that same um, number, 904-441-6900, and it'll pull up our digital giving options, or you can take out your phone in church and use your camera to scan that QR code right there. No one will yell at you for having your phone out at church, I promise. But I would be remiss if I didn't say because of your generous giving, we hosted 400 plus kids this past week for Vacation Bible School. Of those 400 plus children, also 60 youth and like 150 adults, this place was packed all week long. We had 42 children put their faith in Jesus Christ for the first time. And we were able to celebrate 13 of those with baptism Friday during our closing program. It was absolutely amazing. And it's because our church gives of their time and resources and knows how important it is investing in the next generation. And I could go on and on talking about what an incredible and powerful week it was, but I think a picture is worth a thousand words. So will you please turn your attention to the screen?
at Vacation Bible School, best week ever. I just want to thank the leaders. We had just a great director's team and volunteers. We had over 200 volunteers, 400 kids. And I want you to know every kid that professed Jesus Christ as Lord, a counselor sat down with that child and talked with them. And their parents were, were communicated with. And so uh, I'm just so grateful for the great team. And those of you that were part of Vacation Bible School, well done. Well done. Wow. They also did a penny race, and this year's penny race, the girls won. <laughs> and, um, and so, but they raised $4,000 in pennies for the uh, Florida Baptist Children's Home. Yeah, isn't that amazing? So fa fantastic, fantastic. Hey, um, today also, uh, we're in June now, and June is Cancer, National Cancer Survivor Month. And so we, we try to embrace people going through all the contexts of life. And so one of those things we're trying to embrace, helping people embrace the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ, we want people that are cancer survivors uh, to be able to know that Jesus loves them. And, and that's one of, those, one of those contexts of life that you really need Jesus in a, in a powerful way. And so I'd just like to pray for those that are survivors uh, of cancer as we also pray as we open up the sermon. I want you to know that we have a cancer care ministry there out in the atrium. And if that's someone that you know of or you're someone that's a cancer survivor, you're dealing with it, uh, just want you to know that we have some help and support in the name of Jesus Christ for you. So if you are someone that is a cancer survivor or you're dealing with cancer or you know someone that is dealing with cancer that you'd like us to, to pray over, would you just sort of raise your hand right now? And then we're going to pray. Lord Jesus. Lord, you are, you are the great physician, Lord. You are the one who heals all diseases. You're the one who forgives all sins. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And we claim this promise, Lord, that you are the great physician. You are the healer in Jesus' name. And Lord, those that are dealing with cancer, Lord, I pray that you'd remove cancer. Lord, I pray that you'd bring healing. Lord, I pray that you'd bring blessing to doctors and nurses and technicians that are dealing uh, with patients that are cancer. And Lord, I pray most importantly that they wouldn't feel only your physical healing, but also your spiritual presence, Lord, your complete healing. And Lord, I pray that you'd be with us as church as we try to reach this whole community for Christ, this whole world for you, Lord. I pray that you'd help us be open to people dealing with all kinds of situations. And Lord, everything that we do is to your glory. Lord, as we open up the word in just a few minutes, Lord, I pray that, that your words would come through me, Lord, that your words would come through this message, Lord, and people would receive what the Holy Spirit wants us to receive. And Lord, all this in your name of Jesus, amen. Amen. And I'm serious, if you're interested in, in needing some support and you're going through that journey of cancer, uh, go to the atrium tables and you'll find some people there that have gone through that journey and be glad to help, help you walk through that journey. Okay, let's get into the Word. In the month of June, we're in a new sermon series. We're calling this sermon, sermon series uh, Summer Shorts, okay? It's not because I'm going to wear shorts. I would not do that to you ladies. I would not want you to have lust in your hearts while I'm preaching <laughs> the sermon, okay? I don't know why you're laughing. But what we're doing is we're looking at the one-chapter books in the New Testament, okay? There are four of them, okay? So every week you're going to get another one. We're just going to go through those one chapter books. We're calling it Small Books with Big Messages. And today, I'm going to open up for you the shortest letter that we have that the Apostle Paul wrote. This is the shortest letter. It's 335 words in the original Greek. Uh, this is the Apostle Paul when he wrote to a man by the name of Philemon. And uh, let me give you a, a background. So turn in your Bibles to Philemon, whatever you're using for a Bible. Philemon is where we are. Uh, is written by Paul. He was helped by uh, his protege, Timothy. Uh, I believe that it was written in 61 AD. There are several theories, but the one that's most compelling makes the most sense to me is it's around 61 AD, and Paul was, Paul was in prison in Rome. And the letter has four people that it's addressed to, uh, well, four people in one group. It's addressed to Philemon, and Philemon was a church leader, a church planter, had a church in his home. He lived in the area around Ephesus. 
It was addressed to Aphia, which we believe, most Bible scholars believe, would be uh, Philemon's wife. Uh, it's addressed to Archippus, a fellow worker in the church, and then it is addressed to the whole church that met in Philemon's home. So four, four people there. And the subject at hand was how they were going to relate to Onesimus, how Philemon should relate to Onesimus. Now, Onesimus was a slave who was owned by Philemon, okay? They had slavery back then. And he'd probably run away, or he had stolen goods from the house, or, or both. And after he'd run away, he had connected with the Apostle Paul, and he'd become a Christian. And he actually became a son in the faith of the Apostle Paul. And so Paul was sending letters back to the area of Ephesus. And so he's sending those letters with Onesimus. So he's sending them back. So there is Onesimus and there's Philemon. They're in the same region. And I'm, I'm sure that Onesimus was dealing, dealing, delivering some of those letters directly. And I can just imagine Onesimus at the door of Philemon's house, knocking on that door. After he'd run away as a slave, run away stealing stuff, you know, knocking on the door. Philemon opens up the door and he says, I'm back. And by the way, here's a letter from the Apostle Paul uh, to you. Can you imagine what that must have been like? Wow. So anyway, would you please stand with me in honor of God's word as I read this very short but very impactful book. Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved, beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. Grace to you. And peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother. I love that. I've derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. According, accordingly, though, I'm bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required. Yet, for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. And you need to know this, that in, in the Greek, Onesimus means useful, okay? Common name for a slave. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I'm sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion but of your own accord. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever. No longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Um, excuse me for just a second here. I am struggling with my notes, guys. I had a little issue with my eyes, and I can't seem to find the last part of the scripture here in my notes. So just give me a little bit of prayer here while I find it. Turn around and read it. There we go. There we go. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I lost, lost a page there. <clears throat> so anyway, and so he says... So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he's wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I'll repay it to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you and the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ, confident of, the, of your obedience. I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I'm hoping that through your prayers I'll be graciously given to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, 
Demas and Luke, my fellow workers, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for this word, and Lord, use it to, to refresh our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 You may be seated, and, and thank you for that and your patience with me. Uh, there's a lot to unpack here, okay? There's uh, the issue of slavery, issue of class, the issue of quality, uh, the issue of forgiveness, the issue of restitution, all that stuff, and, and all of these in relationship to our faith. And all these are relevant topics, but what I want to talk to you about today is something that particularly caught my eye in verse 7. And look at verse 7. He says, For I've derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. I love the heart of Philemon. The hearts of the saints have been refreshed to you. He, he mentions this same kind of concept in verse 20 where he says, you know, I want you to refresh my heart. Apparently, Philemon had a refreshing effect on the people around him. You know, people liked being around him, I guess. He had that kind of, that kind of impact on people's lives. Uh, and you know that word refreshed in the Greek? It means to pause again. It means to relax. You know, people could be relaxed around Philemon. Are you the kind of person that people can be relaxed around? I mean, that's, that's what it's talking about. Are you refreshed when you're around someone like, uh, someone like Philemon here? So um, <clears throat> can you let your guard down? There are people that are like that. There are people that when I'm around them, I can, I can just let my guard down. I just feel joy when I leave them. I feel like I'm strengthened. And then there are other people that maybe not so much. Maybe I feel a little bit drained. So what makes, what makes us refreshing? Now it's summertime, and when I think of refreshing, I think of uh, lemonade. And so I have some lemonade here. And I'm going to ask someone who, who's more of a connoisseur of lemonade to tell me which one is more refreshing here. And so I've asked a volunteer to come down. Gary Buchanan, would you come down here, please? Give him a hand. There you go, Gary. Uh, yeah, Gary's one of our deacons. He's been chairman of deacons and, and served well. And he's a connoisseur of lemonade. When I asked you if you'd be willing to do this, you told me that uh, I told you there are two different brands of lemonade here. And you said what? Chick-fil-A is the best. Chick-fil-A is the best. Chick-fil-A is the best. Okay, so I want you to see if you can. These are both commercially bought uh, products here. And so this is the first one. Would you, would you taste that and tell me if it's refreshing or not? How refreshing? It's all right. That's all right. Okay. Okay, good. A little lemonade taste to it. A little lemonade taste. Okay. And then try this one here. Tell me how refreshing this one is. That nope. was not good. That was not good. <laughs> this one here was Simply Made Lemonade, okay? Simply Made Brand Lemonade. This one is real lemon lemon juice, okay? The only difference is this one forgot the sugar, right? Yes. Okay, all right. Thank you very much. Let's give him a hand. So you can tell the difference between the two. One of those was refreshing, and one of those was not. And, and you know, the one that wasn't was the one that forgot the sugar. I think there's a lesson there. There's a lesson there. I think that we can be refreshing, but sometimes we're not refreshing because we forget the sugar. We, get the, we forget the sugar when we, relate, when we relate to other people. So uh, the question I have for you is, are you lemonade or are you lemon juice? Are you, are you someone where people relax and they're refreshed, or are you someone where people get stressed out and, and more uptight? Uh, you know, because there are people that are more lemonade and there are people that are more lemon juice. And, and think about what effect do you have on people around you? Okay, and if you don't know, maybe maybe you need to put some attention to that. Okay, so do you, do you lift people up or do you wear people down? And so the first point I want to make is that we ought to be like Philemon. We ought to be refreshing as we impact others for Christ. We should be refreshing. I think that people when people see when people see other people that are changed by Christ, that have the Holy Spirit in them, have have the the power of God working in their lives. There should be a refreshing impact that goes on. And it's so easy to say. But how does someone go about being refreshing? How does someone turn lemon juice into lemonade? And I see some clues in the context of this passage. The first one 
is in verse 8. Uh, in verse 8, Paul said, I'm bold enough in Christ to command you to do what's required. Paul said, I can win this argument. I can win this argument. I know what Jesus says. I'm an apostle. I have authority. You can tell me what to do. He says, I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required. Yet, yet, for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. Paul didn't command Philemon to treat Onesimus as a brother, okay? Paul appealed to him. And Paul was an apostle, and Paul was not above using his apostleship uh, to say, you guys need to listen to me, okay? And he, he, he said, uh, I'm, I'm not going to do this. I'm not, I'm not commanding you. I'm appealing to you. You know, winning hearts is way better than just winning the argument. And that's an important lesson. You want to change hearts? You want to change the world? Win hearts for Christ. Win hearts for Christ. And, and this is the next point. Win hearts for Christ. It's way more valuable than merely winning the arguments. As you're sharing truth and as you're sharing wisdom and reason, don't forget to add the grace. Don't forget to add the sugar, okay? Um, I know lots of people who can argue and debate and win arguments. I know a lot of people also who lose friends, lose influence, lose jobs. They can win every argument that they're in. It's not about winning the arguments. Many years ago, many years ago, this is before I came to Anastasia, so this is at a previous church uh, I was leading the evangelism training at our church, you know, the OJT and that sort of thing. And you know what it's like. It's the same thing. You're taking a team of three people out. And one of the guys that I went out with two different semesters, he never got to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he never saw anybody one to Jesus Christ. And here's why. He knew all the scriptures. He knew apologetics. He knew his faith. He knew doctrines. But when someone when he asked someone their faith background, what he would do, he wouldn't go and share the gospel. He would start debating them about why they were wrong going to that church or why they were wrong about believing this or that. And, and every time he would launch into this debate, no matter how many times he said, you know, that, that's not the focus here, he, he would tell the other person why they were wrong. And he never got the opportunity to share the love of Jesus Christ. He never saw someone come personally to faith because he kept trying to win the argument and not let the Lord win the heart. The heart's more important than someone else conceding defeat in an argument. Just want you to know, as far as the values that are there. So win hearts for Christ, that's way more important than merely winning the argument. He said, I appeal to you. And then as he's appealing, this is something else that's important. Verse 10, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Apparently, this runaway slave became a follower of Jesus Christ. And Paul didn't relate to him just as a mentor to mentee, a teacher to student. He related to him as a father-son relationship. And, you know, you can relax around family. You know, you can let your hair down around family. You know, I'm refreshed when I'm around my family. I, I love those relationships. And so it's the importance of, of being relational. And we need to value the relationships of the people that we contact, not only in the family level, but on the faith level. So this is the next point. You want to turn your lemon juice soul into lemonade? Be relational as I serve in the family of Jesus Christ. Be relational. Onesimus, he was a spiritual child to Paul. Philemon was a spiritual brother. Uh, you go into verse 7. He says, I've derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother. You know, Paul, Paul talked about fellow believers as part of the family. We are, we are family. Paul related to us as close family. Look around at the people here in this room. Just, just, take a, just look at the... These people are your family. Like it or not. These people are your family. And we are family. And we need to treat each other like family. Like family ought to be treated. Okay? We need to treat each other with love and care. And support, and that's how you turn lemon juice into lemonade. Let me share something else with you. Verse 15 and 16. He says, For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever. Uh, no longer as a bondservant, but now like a brother. You know, uh, Paul said, You know, that estrangement time, God can use that. You know, Paul. 
Paul said, you know, I, don't, I don't know what went through Philemon's heart when the day he realized that Onesimus had run away, when Onesimus had gone AWOL, when Onesimus said, I'm not going to be uh, I'm not going to be in the household anymore, and, and maybe he took the step. I don't know what was going through Philemon's heart. I don't know how violated he might have felt, how, how the, the things going through. He probably thought, well, this asset that I had in this property, I'm not, I'm not endorsing slavery, guys. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm just talking about the context here. But what was going through Philemon's heart? He said, well, I guess I lost that. And he put that in, in back and, and thought it was all gone, said, I'll never get that value back. But, you know, Maybe there's a relationship that you have. And you say, that relationship is done with, and I guess I'll never have that again. Uh, the Bible says here that someone that may be parted from you for a while, when they come back, God may use that estrangement period to do powerful things. Not only in your heart, but in the heart of the other person. You don't know what God can do in the heart of someone with whom you are estranged. You don't know that, okay? But God can use that time of separation, and he can make a miracle happen. And I claim that promise. He can make miracles. I claim the promise that someone may be parted for a while, and there will be a purpose, and God will bring everyone back together forever. I claim that promise. So the point is this. Never give up. Never give up reaching. Never give up reclaiming. Never give up restoring souls. Never give up on others. Never give up keeping the door open. Never give up giving that olive branch to someone else. Never give up being gracious and polite. You know why we have courtesy and manners and politeness? It's not for people that you like. We know how to treat people we like. Politeness is for people you don't like, for people you don't know. That's how, that's how you deal with people you don't know how to deal with. You just go to your manners, and that's how you can say to someone that you don't particularly get along with. You can say, well, bless your heart, and... <laughs> And pray that God will actually do that. Anyway, never give up. There's something else here. It says, uh, and this is amazing to me, verses 17 through 19. This is amazing. I, I look at this and I meditate on this. I'm thinking, wow, this is powerful. Paul said this, if you consider me your partner, receive him as you'd receive me. If he's wronged you at all or owes it, you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of you owing me, even yourself. These verses are the very definition of what it means to strive to live a Christ-like life. Okay? Think about this. These might not just be the words of Paul writing to Philemon. I can see Jesus saying these very words in the throne room of heaven. Can you think about this? If you consider me your partner, Father, in the redemption of humanity, then would you receive them as you receive me? If they have wronged you at all or owe you anything, charge that to my account. But instead of saying, I, Paul, write this with my own hand, is I, Jesus, write this with my own blood on the cross of atonement. That's powerful. Paul was just imitating what Christ did for us. And that's amazing. He was offering to do for Onesimus what Jesus did for him. Paul was offering to make restitution for the sins of Onesimus. Like, like Christ made restitution and made forgiveness possible to me. That, that's our ministry. And so you want to you be someone that's refreshing? Do for others what Christ did for me. Do for others what Christ did for me. That's our ministry, helping people embrace the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ. There's another passage of Scripture that Paul wrote. It's a, it's a famous passage. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 17, it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You have a new, you are a new creation in Christ, and you are a new and refreshing creation in Christ. That's what he created you to be. And it says this in verse 18, And all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, doing for others what Christ did for us. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and trusting to us the message of reconciliation. You know, the message of Philemon, it's, it's not just what Philemon should do. It's what Paul did. Is what we ought to do. It's treating the world 
like Christ treated us. I don't know who you're estranged from. I don't know what relationships are hurting in your life. But I want you to know, God can heal them. But you know, we need some strength to do that. And the only way, there's the only way I can deal with people that are estranged with me is in the power of Jesus Christ. And if you don't know Jesus Christ and what he did for you, let me tell you what he did. He took your sins and he said to the Father in heaven, charge them to my account. And all you have to do to accept that forgiveness is to say, Jesus, I'm accepting this gift. Have you trusted him as Lord and Savior yet? If you've not done that, I don't know how you have the strength to get through this life and fix the other relationships, because that's the most important relationship, is your, your relationship with your Lord and Savior. And you know what Christ did? He died for you so he could take all of the things that are keeping you from the Father. And he's opened up the door of reconciliation and restoration to eternity and heaven and your Father in heaven. Would you take it? If you've, not, if you've not done that, right now in this moment, right now in this moment, say, you know, I get it. Say, Lord Jesus, I get it. You are paying my debts. And I receive this. I receive this. Would you receive it? And would you trust him? And take steps of faith to follow him? Because the Savior that died for you is the Savior that loves you. And his plan for you is the best plan for you. Would you take it? And if you have already received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've already trusted him, if you're already saying, I, I have, I'm receiving what you give me, Lord, I'm trusting in the promises of eternity. If you've done that, then would you do for others what Christ did for you? even though it costs you a lot, would you never give up on those relationships that are strained? Be a Philemon. Be someone who refreshes the hearts of those around you and all to the glory of God. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Lord Jesus, if there is someone here right now that needs to trust you as Lord and Savior, they need to take that first step of faith and saying, Lord, I believe you are alive and I believe you want to reconcile me. Lord, right now in this moment, let them make that heart move. Lord, let them make that heart step that brings them into salvation. Lord, I pray for relationships that are broken. Lord, restore them and use us to refresh relationships. And Lord, move in power among us to your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. We're going to have a song here. If God's calling you to respond in any way, I'll be here at the front. We have counselors over there. If God's calling you to come forward to present yourself for baptism or you want to trust Jesus as your Lord, come see us. We want to help you take that step as God moves, as we sing.
God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. Go in peace.